Hey everyone, it's Chelsea Van Buskirk with the Heart AF Podcast. Hope all is well today for you. I want to know if you believe that everything happens for a reason. I do. And it's a hard concept when you really start to look at that more deeply and what that actually means and that there is a reason for everything that you experience in your life. There is a reason that you pass by the people that you pass by. There is a reason why certain people come into your awareness. There's a reason for every relationship, whether a relationship thrives or it fails, there's a reason for it. Everything that we experience, everything that we encounter in our life, there's always a reason for it. Okay. And a lot of the times we don't really understand or can comprehend what that reason might be, but we have to believe and have that faith that there is a greater perspective that maybe we're not just tapping into at that moment or in that experience. And some of the things we go through are hard as fuck. They're painful. I mean, those are experiences that can be earth shattering, can be quite transformational for us. But it seems that anybody I've ever known that's gone through just the worst of the worst, that has been through pain, when they make it through that hurt, when they can take those experiences and find purpose and find transformation and the things that they accomplish after they get through those things, those people are so remarkable. Those are the people that create change in this world for the betterment of everyone, right? I don't know if you're someone who believes in the collective or this theory that we're all connected or all is one. Bob Marley used to say one love, one heart. And that really is a perspective that you can gain when you really work on self-growth and your spirituality to know that we all are connected. Every single thing that you can see is all connected. It all comes from the same place. We all come from the same place and we all go back to the same place, right? We're all in these finite bodies that have an expiration date, but there's a piece of us that does not expire. There's a piece of us that comes from our creator. There's that piece that is always connected. And everything and everyone that is created all has a piece of that creation. Like we're all bound together by this single thread of creation. And whether you believe that or not, that is totally up to you. And I think everybody's spiritual journey is unique and to their own. And the last thing I want to do here is feel like I'm preaching to you or making you feel like you have to believe the things that I do or that the way that I see things is the only way that they can be seen. Like that is not true at all. I think we all have our own unique perspectives on life and on spirituality. I'm just here to give you my perspectives and my insights. And if that's something that sparks in you to do your own research or asking more questions and finding out, like leading you down a path of self-growth or your own spiritual discovery, I think that's fantastic. And honestly, that's what my mission is. It's not necessarily to say that you should believe certain things, but my mission is to have you find the spark that's within you, that spark that is from your creator. I want you to embrace the you that is you. I want you to listen to your intuition and tap into the power you have within you to co-create a life that you can love. That is what we're meant to do. And it sounds a little woo-woo. And I know that I used to be part of a woo-woo group. (laughs) Shout out to them if they ever come across my podcast, but I know how that can sound, right? But 
there's a reason why people talk about the law of attraction and manifestation. Like all of that stuff is real. I mean, you can read a lot of books about that and there are so many different ways you can go about spiritual discovery. But today I want to talk about everything happening for a reason and to really look at what that means and to give you a few examples on what that has looked like in my life. So I've told you the story a bit about my dad getting in an accident. So he's 29 years old, right? If you're not 29 yet, I mean, God bless you. It's awesome to be in your 20s. But think back to when you were 29 and imagining losing all of your ability to walk, to feed yourself, to go to the bathroom by yourself, to dress yourself, like literally using all of your mobility and being fully dependent. Can you imagine that for yourself? Like, could you imagine what kind of life that would mean for you? I think about that and I'm like, oh my gosh, that has got to be so hard to just wake up from an accident and realize that you're no longer going to be able to walk again. No longer can reproduce. You can't have sex. You can't do all these things. You can't dance. Like all these things in your life that you enjoyed and loved doing, now you're not able to do that anymore. Like that's got to be a terrifying concept to comprehend and then realizing how you're going to move forward in your life and this new body and these new restrictions, like how can you enjoy life, right? I think that's something that's very real. And you can see it like when I would go into the hospital and see all these people who are newly afflicted by either a traumatic brain injury or newly afflicted by a spinal cord injury that left them disabled in some way. And there were some people who made some remarkable recoveries and were able to walk again. My dad was a story that was not the case for him, right? That wasn't part of his plan. Like a lot of people have to deal with that too, where they literally are going to be immobilized for the rest of their lives. And that's a hard concept to come to terms with. And you can see the pain in those people's eyes and you can see the fear and there are people who do lose their will to live, right? And you can see them just slowly deteriorate. They turn to addictions or they just don't see that positive outlook or a way to still enjoy life within their disabled bodies and things. But my dad was one of those men that had a positive attitude. He chose humor. He chose to view life at what are the things that he can do, right? And it's again, talking about that focus. I talked about that on the last episode or one of the previous episodes about if you focus on what's missing, then you're going to receive more of what's missing in your life. But if you can focus on being grateful and focusing on what you do have, then that's when you start receiving more of that, right? Like if you focus on what you want, then that's how you get it. But if you focus on what you don't want, if you focus on the lack, if you're focusing on that negative, then that's what you're gonna attract back to yourself. If you can focus on what you want and what you can see for yourself and the positive outcomes and focusing everything that's available to you, then that's when you start getting those opportunities and the magic starts happening and things start clicking and things start showing up in your life. It's so amazing when you can get in that. And it's really all about your mindset and what attitude you're giving to a certain problem. What are you giving your power to? Are you giving your power to what's possible or are you giving your power to that can't happen for me? That's impossible. That'll never work, right? It's all about switching that lens and switching the way you look at things. So my dad having his accident and being able to be this role model of someone who just still went after life, like he looked at life, like, what can I do now? Fully immobile. What can I do? He found a program at Denver Community College called Computer Programming for the Handicapped. Okay. So once he was rehabilitated, learned how to drive a wheelchair, he went and found a program, got a certification in it. And he was then able to work on a computer with a tool called a mouth stick. If you're not watching the video, I'll I'll describe it, but it was essentially this long stick and a bite plate on it. So he would stick this bite plate on his teeth and hold it with his teeth. And it would be this one long stick. And that one stick would act as like a finger and he can manipulate the keyboard 
and do basically everything we can do with like a mouse and everything, but with keys. So there's certain keys you can do on the keyboard. So it's really amazing how they can make the computer accessible for people who have disabilities. So we went through this training program, learned how to do computer programming with one stick, right? So he is doing things that people do with all 10 fingers with one finger. And he was able to type just as fast as somebody with 10 fingers with one finger. Like that's how he trained himself. And he got a job and he worked his way up and he worked 15 years at a place here in Denver, Colorado, um, but he did computer programming or database analysis type work, I don't know, over my head. But essentially, he had a great job that was able to provide for his daughter. You know, he was a disabled single dad, went back to work with his disability and was able to provide for me and also my grandmother who was retired and she was a lot older and she really... I mean, I'm so grateful to her that she spent her old age in retirement helping take care of my dad and me together. And, you know, if it wasn't for her, my dad probably wouldn't have been able to get custody of me. And thank God. So again, everything happens for a reason. Like, holy shit, how amazing that my dad then was able to take care of my grandma like by providing for her financially and giving her a home. And then my grandma in turn was able to help my dad raise me and help out with my dad. And then I was able to help take care of them. So as my grandma started getting older, needing more help. And I'll tell you this, oh, I, this is a great, I can't believe this story just came to me. It's the story I think I actually talk about in my book too, but in high school, I was a little bit of a rebel. I'll be honest. I'm really scared for what the payback's going to be with my kids, especially my daughters. But I didn't go to school a lot, especially my senior year, because each day of the week was a different day. So I think like our school was red and green days um, because those were our school colors. But on the one day, I only had one class. So it was really hard to go to school just for one class. So there was a lot of times I just didn't go. And one morning I did not go and I came upstairs because my room was in the basement and my grandma was slumped like over her chair and unresponsive. And luckily I ran over and got my neighbor. My neighbor helped me get her to the hospital and she got into the hospital just in time. But if I had gone to school that day, she probably would have died right there in the chair and that would have been it. But because I didn't go to school, because little teenager Hellfire Chelsea didn't go to school, she was able to save her grandma's life. And not only that, my grandma was extremely sick. She had sepsis really bad. Like she was in the ICU for a couple of weeks and she actually had to rehabilitate for about three months learning how to walk again. Like she was in a wheelchair too. And it was just me, my dad, and my grandma. So then I had two people in wheelchairs, right? And it's my senior year of high school. It was a lot, but I did it. And What's great is my grandma went on to live for, I think, five more years after that. She got to see me give birth to my first daughter. She saw me graduate high school. She got to enjoy so many more years of life because I didn't go to school that day. So again, things happen for a reason, right? Like it was awesome because she was able to continue on and live more life. And you just never know, right? You never know why things happen the way they do until sometimes you can look back and be like, oh my gosh. Shortly after high school, I guess it was a couple of years after high school, but I'll tell you, I went through a lot of stuff in my late teenage years where there was a lot of like medical family emergencies. And so after my grandma had rehabilitated and everything, like I spent my college years taking care of her, driving her back and forth to doctor's appointments, helping take care of my dad. Like I was helping do the dinners and all these kinds of things. And then I was in a relationship with my now husband and I was balancing college and nannying. I worked as a nanny during those years too. And my dad had developed a bed sore almost like overnight, it seemed like, and it was very bad. He was hospitalized in 2008, and that bed sore was kind of the starting point of us transitioning to get him moved back to his hometown, New Mexico, where there'd be a lot more family around. And one of his longtime favorite caregivers that 
I met when I was nine and he was in his 20s and he took care of my dad on the weekends. He was my dad's CNA and he is originally from New Mexico, which is where my dad's originally from as well. And anyway, so fast forward, he had moved back to New Mexico and was living there. And so I had talked with him. We had talked to some people in New Mexico and basically we were arranging for my dad and grandma to relocate back to their hometown in New Mexico so they could be near my dad's brother and sister. My grandma could be with her other two kids. So that way there'd be lots of cousins and kids and everybody could kind of chip in and help take care of her because I was by myself up in Colorado with no family. It was just me. And I'm trying to go to college. I'm trying to have this relationship that's like growing, like we were talking marriage and all these things. And so miraculously, everything came together, right? I'm going to say his name. His name's Jake. He's the most amazing man ever. He is a brother to me. And he became my dad's 24-7 caregiver in New Mexico. They lived together for a while until he got another house and things like that. But if it wasn't for him, I don't know if everything would have fallen into place for my dad to be able to be self-sufficient set up in New Mexico. But jumping around again, there's my ADHD. But that summer when he was in the hospital is when they started building him a house in New Mexico and we got things kind of put in place for him to relocate there. It's the year I got engaged. And so at this spinal cord injury hospital, he had to go through all this stuff with the bed sore. It was really bad. Like he had to be in bed for, I think it was like 60 days or something crazy. It was intense. And again, I'm taking care of my grandma and it's all the things like I'm doing all the stuff. And he recovered, was in New Mexico, was thriving, doing great. My grandma passed in 2010. Fast forward, it's 2017, and I'm talking to my dad on the phone. We would talk every single day, and I noticed something that night, like he wasn't sounding right, and he was by himself at his home because my, you know, my after my grandma died, he basically was at home by himself, and Jake had gotten married and had other kids, so he was with his family and stuff like that. So my dad would be alone for periods of time during the day, which is not unusual. Um, he's pretty self-sufficient; he can do most things, and he would just have people come in at certain times of the day for snacks and lunch, and taking him to work and taking him home and all that stuff. But it was one of those transition periods when no one was there, and I'm talking to him on the phone, and he's not sounding right; like something's off, something's wrong. And so I remember I had called Jake and, and he wasn't available. He didn't answer. And so I called my cousin, who's my sister. She's my sister to me. We're twins. We actually look a lot alike. We're only 11 months apart. I'm going to talk about her in other episodes because that's another thing. That's one of those like, holy shit, the way things pan out in people's lives. But anyway, we'll get to that. Called her to go check on him. And my dad was like blue. Okay. So she, you know, got 911. I don't even remember how it all went down, but Essentially, when they got to my dad, like his oxygen level was extremely low. They had to intubate him and airlift him to Lubbock, Texas from New Mexico because that was the closest hospital that could take such a severe case. And so he was airlifted. I flew out the very first flight I could get to meet him in Lubbock. I was in Lubbock with him for six weeks away from my family. It was a roller coaster. There was so many ups and downs, you know, he thought he was going to die. He told me like he had a conversation before he fully went unconscious with me when I first arrived and he expected not to make it out. And anyway, he did, he did, he made it out. And I fought like hell to get him transferred from Texas to Denver so that I could still be with my family, but still be able to check in on him and make sure I was his advocate inside the hospital and things like that. Because let me tell you, if you ever do have a family member that is hospitalized, it's so important to stay on top of things and make sure your family member gets the care they need because hospitals are busy, okay? Things get overlooked. The staff, like 
nurses are worked to the bone. They don't have enough help that they need. And because of politics and stupid shit, they're overworked and things can get missed. And so it's really important that if you have a family member and you want the best care, you have got to be that second set of eyes and make sure things are going well because you need to be your family's advocate because things can go easily missed. There are so many great nurses and doctors out there. So I'm not knocking that. It's just that a lot of them are overworked and there's not enough people to come in and relieve them. There's not enough employees. It's a problem. So just a little side note there, if you do have people to make sure you are an advocate for somebody that may not be able to advocate for themselves. So I, I ended up getting it done. We got the transfer done. It took a lot of work and tears and screaming and me being an asshole to a lot of people, but we got it. We got him to Denver and he had to be in like the regular hospital for a bit, but then eventually transferred him back to Craig Hospital, which I had mentioned before is a rehabilitation hospital because my dad had lost oxygen to the brain. Like so much had changed with that sickness. Like he lost his ability to speak clearly. He lost a lot of the mobility he did have. So he did have to rehabilitate so much. He lost a lot of independence that he once had after that sickness. And it was in this hospital stay where there was two nurses and one CNA that my dad got close with. They just were so great. And we developed such a great relationship. And I think we had exchanged numbers at some point because after my dad's 60-day stay, he had to go back home to New Mexico, which was also super heartbreaking for me. But I stayed in touch with some of the nurses. And you know, I think it was a couple months later when one of them called me and was like, yeah, I remember the school your kids went to. Will you tell me about that? I'm thinking about taking my kids to that school. And I was a realtor at the time. I still technically am. I just don't um, do that anymore. But at the time, I was still active as a real estate agent. And so anyway, I ended up helping her buy a house. And her kids went to the school my kids went to. And then the other nurse also, I helped sell and buy her house. They all moved kind of in the same area. And then all of our kids were going to the same school together. And it was just so crazy how... My dad getting sick and going to the hospital led to me meeting these people and led to this friendship. And now to this day, now we're here five years later and me and this girl are still very close and she's going through some big transitions in her life. And I've been able to be part of it and that I'm supporting her. And I'm so proud of her because she's doing things in her life for the first time where she's making choices based on herself, which she expressed to me that's like the first time in her life she's ever done that because a lot of times when we're making choices, we're making them based on what our parents think or what other people think we should be doing or what we think we're supposed to instead of what we really want. And so she's just made this big life decision based purely for her health, for her well-being. And it is just so empowering to see. And I think the more people share those stories, it gives other people permission to also do their own empowering moves in life where they get to finally speak up for themselves for once or choose themselves for once and make decisions based on what they need versus on what they think they should be doing, what other people are expecting them to do. Like this just touches on everything or bleeds into everything. And I'm getting a little long-winded on this thing, but I just wanted to take a moment to say like, just because you're going through a hard time right now or things might be like, why did this happen to me? Right? Like I've asked myself that question many times throughout my life, right? There's going to be a point when you're going to be like, I'm so glad that did happen. Because if that didn't happen, then this wouldn't have happened. I think about if my dad wouldn't have gotten hurt, I don't know. Would my mom and dad still be together? Like, I don't know what would have happened. Would I have grown up in his small town in New Mexico? Would I have had a completely different upbringing? I wouldn't have been able to meet my husband, Nick, probably. And I so know that 
my relationship with him is so meant to be because there's so much growth that has happened between our relationship. That's another episode is relationships and how that helps us grow every relationship, all the good, bad, the ugly, like it's all for our growth. And that's why sometimes you see people who get into a cycle of finding the same type of person and their relationships because they need to learn a lesson. Like they're getting shown the same lesson over and over until they can finally learn the lesson and move forward and move on. Another episode for that. But I'm going to jump off because I don't like to make these too long because I want them to be bite-sized where people can um, stay attentive and really get the message. But just really think about that. Really think about everything happens for a reason and see if you can think of the things in your life, like the ripple effect of certain situations that you encounter or certain people you come into contact with or an experience you may have, like every experience has this ripple effect of how life goes. And it's just amazingly beautiful how it all works out and how so many things become connected and how sometimes people come in and out of your life. Like it's so strange, but also so amazing. And I just express gratitude for my own experiences. Like I'm so glad for everything happening the way it did, like the good, the bad, ugly, all of it, all the pain, everything. Because if all those things didn't happen, I wouldn't be where I am today. And And I'm so happy with where I'm at today. I'm happy at the growth I've done. I'm happy at the healing I've had to do. And it's getting me closer and closer to feeling where everything's aligned, like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And that's an amazing feeling to just feel so free and that you're doing what you're meant to be doing. Like that feeling is just wow, right? Like it's so amazing. And I want everybody to feel that. I want everybody to get to that place where they're proud, where they're excited about life, where they're feeling good because everything is just like you're vibing high, like you're connected and you're just feeling like you're on that right path, that trajectory. And you like are walking with your faith, like knowing that you're in the right direction, like you're manifesting, you're co-creating. Like I want people to get there because it is so awesome when you find your power. That's what it is. I I want you to find the power. That's why I am being the light because I want to light others up because when others are lit up, it helps others light up. It's a ripple effect where the light just, it's like the candle. Like you take one candle, which lights the other candle, which lights that candle, like it just spreads. And you think about it like on a worldwide level, on that collective level, like what I touched on before, if more people are up and shining their light, that's what bleeds out darkness. Remember Martin Luther King Jr. was saying, darkness cannot eradicate darkness. Only light can do that. The same thing, hate. You can't kill hate with more hate. Only love can do that. And that's what life's about. It's about finding that light, finding the love. And if we can all get to that place, like as a collective, like if enough of us can do that, then we can smother the darkness with light and bring love to hate. I know that sounds woo-woo or like my head in the clouds type of thing, but I don't know, man. Like, I believe it. I believe it. And it's on every individual to what they believe, but I believe it. I'm going to wrap it up with that. So be in the light. Know that everything happens for a reason. If you have any feedback, have anything you want to let me know, hit me in the DMs on Instagram or Facebook at Chelsea.VanBuskirk. You can find me at ChelseaVanBuskirk.com. I've got a link there for you guys to download my high vibe playlist. I highly recommend it. Help you boost those vibes up. And I'll see you guys next week. Okay. Peace.